Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with the one, the only, Larry Levine. What's going on, man? <laughs> I'm ecstatic. Now that, now, that this, now that football's over for you, what are you focused on these days? <laughs> no, football's... Oh, come on, dude. Football's not over. Football's just... Actually, yeah, football's almost over when the Rams beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But more importantly is I already know when we get towards the end of January, I <laughs> Milk, cut grass, so I know what sports just right around the corner. Oh, man, it's always fun talking smack. Welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. You have joined, if you're new, you've joined a growing community of, of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering true value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, Larry, I am. Uh, we've, we've had great feedback and conversation last week um, about our, our talk with uh, the sales messenger herself. That was a blast. And uh, what a fantastic conversation last week. If you didn't catch Meredith Messenger on the podcast, definitely go back and, and listen to that. Um, strategies to mine for gold inside your client base. But boy, today, Larry, we have a fantastic guest teed up all the way from your favorite place, San Francisco, California. Why don't, why don't you introduce our guest and we'll dive in? Oh, I almost don't want to only because the, um, the pot, this is audio podcast only, but I'm staring at Tim right now. And I know what the, I know what he's wearing and it's just gnawing at me because my, I'm just a diehard <laughs> Dodger fan, but I, I met, I met Tim through Mike Weinberg and I just love Mike Weinberg to death. One of the greatest kindest guys I know. And I started just striking up some really great conversations with Tim. And I didn't, I didn't hold it against him that he's a Giants fan, but I just opened the can by the way, Tim. But anyway, I just started getting to know Tim and we just, there's so much alignment. We just started great conversations, you know, all around just being authentic and being that real person and having great, just great, genuine conversations. So without further ado, I got to welcome Tim Ohi into Selling from the Heart podcast. Welcome, Tim. What's up, gang? Aloha. How's it going, man? And go Giants. Let's ah, there we go. Days, I love it. Been waiting for a good Giants fan on the podcast. Oh man, well you, you know what? You know what's just actually it, there's been some some changes in at the thesaurus.com. They've actually the number one hit when you put in to dodge, it comes up to choke. And I, I don't know how to that just it's just all right. Okay, guys, we, we're here to talk about sales, sales <laughs> enablement. But you're gonna love you if you haven't uh, if you haven't followed Tim, you definitely want to follow Tim. Uh, one of the founding members of Sales Enablement Society, a uh, co-founder of Agility Selling, been big into driving sales conversations. Before we dive into that, though, Tim, I, I, we've got to ask the question we ask every every uh, guest on our podcast. And simply this, I mean, when you hear selling from the heart, what does that mean to you? Uh, it's it's it, So one of the, the most classic lessons I ever learned and continue to say over and over, if, if you're not serving, you're not selling. 
And so when I hear selling from the heart, I, I, it's the same thing. If you're not coming from your heart to serve another person, to help them make a great decision, and it may, it may lead to a sale, it may not, um, but your, your goal is to serve that person to the best of your ability and to represent what your company's about in that conversation, that's selling from the heart to me. Yeah. yeah and, and you know, what's interesting about that, Tim, that you just said that is because I wrote about it in my book and I, and I talk about it all the time is if we bring the human aspect to this and we know what happens when our heart stops beating, when we, you know, obviously bad things happen, but if, if you don't bring your heart to your relationships in a personal level, we know what happens, right? Whether that be with your family or your friends and all that. And I said, you know, if you take your heart out of things, you just, you become lifeless, yeah. And the same can be said inside sales is if we don't bring our heart to what we do, I think we become sales lifeless. Yeah. Well, it's so, but you, everything you're talking about though, is there's a level of authenticity that we have to be committed to. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm not, I'm not going to even put it on necessarily on the salespeople because I know some great sellers who want to be authentic and their company gets in the way every step of the way. Their mm -hmm. company literally obstructs their attempt to be this. So they almost have to do it covertly or in spite of what their company's giving them and whether it's, you know, the marketing materials or their manager chirping in their ear or whatever it is. But, but fundamentally, this is what customers want. They want authenticity. They want that heart to heart. That's, that's who they want to work with because if they can't trust you, if they can't understand you, and if you're not showing that you're trying to trust and understand them, they're going to just stay away. And, and that's what I, and that's what I wish leaders and, and there's some that are out there, right? Whether they're at the leadership level or the manager at the management level, it, it's quite simple as they need to understand if they can't make it past that salesperson, then what, right? It's, it's, it's to the point now where I'm seeing more and more of a revolt uh, against selling as AI emerges, right? And we were part of a whole thing on, on LinkedIn and there's been discussions where there was a big blow up a couple of weeks ago, sure. um, a couple of different guys around, you know, AI is going to replace SDRs and all that. So fundamentally, AI will replace the transactional information exchange bit, but it right. can't replace this human to human thing that we're talking about. No. And if as a leader, I don't invest in that human to human thing, um, I, I don't have a job. I don't lead people. Yeah. I'll, I'll just hand it over to somebody else and let the uh, IT folks run it. Yeah. Well, and that, that sincere desire to help, you know, if you, if you, if you go to help what Well, it's to help solve a problem. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and this is where as, as sales professionals, um, I, we were talking earlier, I've always said you're an empty suit in the solutions business until you understand a client's business problems in all the solutions training I've, I've done. And I know we're a kindred spirit. Yeah. Yeah. In that, Tim and, and oh, you're speaking uh, my love language Daryl. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, we're like eye to eye. We're, we're here. Right. Because uh, I, I love how, you know, you say that, that the key to, uh, to success in sales is being problem centric. Unpack yeah. that for us a little bit. Yeah. So, so this, this is both, um, my own personal experience selling. This is as well as all the research we've done with thousands of other sellers. And bottom line is there's kind of two big camps. There's product centric and there's problem centric and the products yeah. and folks, um, they're not going to go away because there's always a product that is that cool and it literally sells itself. And so people <laughs> rarely, but yes, 
but it happens. I mean, the iPhone came out. I mean, nobody knew what to do and it literally sold itself and we let marketing do its thing. And, and it's not like you had to go into an Apple store and really be convinced you walked in to buy a phone. Um, it, so I, I, there's going to be tech, there's going to be innovation, there's going to be pharmaceuticals, there's going to be something out there that, that people will just buy. And so that perpetuates this problem centric mindset that, I mean, this pro- product centric mindset that if, if I know my product, and I can just answer the questions people have They go, great, sign me up for 50. Um, that is not the majority. The, the no. majority is the opposite is that, you know, I could care less about your product. I'm trying to figure out the problems and I have so many problems to solve that if you right. don't understand them, if you don't take the time as a sales professional to research me, to look at my business, look at my industry, look at my role and things that I'm trying to do before you even contact me, I don't have time for you. I will, I won't, I won't even respond to you. Absolutely. And that's the substance, right? There's a, there's, when it comes to authenticity, there's a relational component where you're authentic, sincere, genuine, heartfelt, you know, yep. all of that. But the other half of authenticity is very substantive. It's, yeah. it's, it's that, you know, and, and I think this may be where, there, I mean, all across, it's not just in sales, there's a movement towards authenticity, right? Everyone wants the real deal, but the real deal is half sincerity but the other half is substance. And, and where we get to substance is when we're literally willing as salespeople to go, okay, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to do the work before the call to make myself valuable enough so I can recognize a problem and have some knowledge spring to the table to solve it. And then when I get in that client interaction, I'm going to have the authenticity to not just go for the quick deal, but to actually... Yeah, because there's always a quick deal, right? There's always a quick deal where we can, you know, in the industry I came from, we talked about slamming a box. We can slam a box all day long. I can lower your price and you'll buy the box, but you'll buy the box from someone else next time with a lower price. If I can roll my sleeves up, maybe even courageously delay the sales cycle slightly and dig in with a problem. Now I've just shifted from being a vendor to being a, a trusted advisor, from being a salesperson to being a partner, a consultant, all of that. And I think that's the authenticity. Um, everyone, everyone, I mean, they're courageous, you know, hats off to Brene Brown, you know, the authenticity and vulnerability, but it's the substance side of sales that is, I think, in my opinion, missing. I think you're nailing it. I, I, so let's, let's crack that open a little bit for, more because um, the substance element, people say, okay, I understand my customer's problems. I go, mm, let's test that, right? So right. I, have, yes. I, have, I have a bet that I have with people. I, you know, I, you know um, I, I'll bet you a hundred bucks that you can't talk for 30 minutes without mentioning you, your company, or your product. <laughs> all, you, all you're supposed to do is talk about your customers and their problems. Right. Um, and, and, and I'll back off because I don't want, you know, the hundred bucks. People are like, well, you know, no one really wants to take that. But I'll say, look, I'll give you 20. You don't have yeah. to give me anything if you lose, but I'll give you 20. If you could do 10 minutes, don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about your company. Don't talk about yes. your problem. I've never paid that 20 bucks. I've never paid that. <laughs> That's a good you know, they say they know their customers' problems and they have right. buzzwords that they've memorized and they have that. Right. Kind of thing, but they don't really understand not only what the problem is, but how do you solve it? How do you, and most important, how do you implement? How do I, you know, you guys know because of the industry you're in, you know, someone may buy something, but then they're going to have maintenance problems. They're going to have supply problems. They're going to have yeah. problems. How do you stay along with them so that the problem doesn't get worse after they bought from you? 
Tim, it's so funny because I was working this past year on a, a solutions training program for a global technology company. And we got into doing the pilots and we had all these rooms full of salespeople and all these managers and executives across the back. And we got to the end of day one and it was all around driving conversation to uncover business problems. And we got to the end of day one and I got, went to the back of the room and someone said, we didn't talk about the product all day long. <laughs> and I smiled and, uh, you know, fortunately they got it right. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and same thing, we'd go out and roll this out to salespeople all around driving business conversation about your goals and the processes behind those goals and mapping them. And, and, and we get to the end of the day and they're like, this was awesome, but we didn't talk about the product. Exactly. Right. That's, right. That's the well, whole point. To go one step further. You know what people, they're not buying a product. What they're buying is the outcome that your product right. is they're buying a solution to a problem. Right. right. So it's that outcome that, that your product, but it's never usually just the product that delivers the outcome. Yeah, it's absolutely. all the extra work you do. So this is why selling uh-huh. from the heart and all these other things come into play because I have to show up, not throw up, right? I have to yeah. I have to be there in a way that people go, okay, hey, Larry, I need you to come into this meeting I'm going to have with my boss because right. you get the problem actually better than I do. And we're trying to figure out how to, how to do this thing that has nothing to do with what your company sells, but yes. it's everything about what you do as a professional. That's right. Well, it's, it's, it's really interesting because... Um, and I, and I do this all the time with the sales teams that I work with and all that. And, and I don't do it out of disrespect or to upset the apple cart. You know, I, I do it to prove a point, especially when I hear this saying, guys, I have great relationships with my customers. Mm. Well, great. I'm sure you, I'm sure you do. <laughs> but can you just share with me a, how often you see them? And when you do see them, what do you all talk about? Oh yeah. yeah well, right? that's the sincerity and, 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 of substance, right? Right. I and mean, then, you can have a pat on the back relationship, but do you know anything about their business? Yeah. And, the, and that's the scary part that we really need to peel back with these people is, you know, A, how many people do you know? Right. And what do you know about them? What do you know about their niches? What do you understand about their challenges? You know, what do you know what they're working on the next 30, 60, 90 days? Do you know any of that? And they go, uh, no. And I said, but I thought you had a good relationship with right. Them. Well, so, so there's a thing here because it's also not just about that one-to-one. If, if you really are tackling a customer problem, there's a lot of people usually at your customer's business who are all trying to tackle some piece of it. And so as a professional seller, if you can navigate, we call it navigating the problem. If you can right. navigate the problem, if you can go, look, I know, I know what you're, you're my director level customer contact and we do a lot of work together, but I've been talking to the guys and gals in the front office and I've been getting their perspective on the problem. Right. And I've been talking to your boss at a meeting we had and, and I'm bringing that to you so that I'm sharing, Hey, here's the Intel I have. Here's the insight right. I have. You can understand. And I think you're going to, now I can advise, now I can support. I can say, look, I see this as an obstacle. It's common. This is what we do to help, or this is what other customers like you have done to figure it out. I'm changing the whole relationship. That's right. As opposed to, um, here's the latest specs and feeds on that product. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's, it's so funny when you, when you first turn the light bulbs onto a sales, a sales professional about selling from this strategy and you tell them that it, virtually eliminates competition, yeah. you know, it's like, no, but you start selling from this standpoint and there is, you, how do you compete with that? Right. I'm not in a you know, fantasy world where there's no competition, but my goodness, it changes things. 
even in industries that have no differentiation. And that's the point, right? Our, Anthony, our buddy Anthony Anarino wrote a book about how to eat their lunch, right? You yeah. Eat yeah. Lunch, and it was all about how do you how do you get in so connected to your customer so that the competition just has no way to come in there. It was it's in, in oil and gas, you know, back way back in the yeah. day when I when I worked with Pennzoil Quaker State. Um, uh, the, the 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 one thing you always looked out for was a case of your competitor's product on the floor. Mm-hmm. You walk into a car dealership, you walk into an oil chain center, and if there's a case of your competitor's product, you got nervous. I mean, it's expected, but at the same time, you're like, well, what are they doing here? Right. And, and it's, it's, it's all about how well do you solve the problems because the only reason they have that is because there's a problem that that solves. Right. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and that's why, and, and you bring up a really good point because that's why I always say there's rampant paranoia mm. with, with salespeople. And I go, rightfully so, right? Because I always said in, until everything that you possibly could market and put into that company is there, you right. really, a, really don't own the account. Right. So that's why you got to continue to be in there and nourish it. And, and I, you know, uh, the first word that came to mind when I was listening to what you're saying to him is facilitator, right? I think a salesperson has got to be that facilitator inside that organization amongst many departments inside yeah. that company, but inside their own company. And how do you really bridge all this? And I spoke about it inside selling from the heart, but I think, you know, that's really critical aspect that nobody really looks at. And I think that's why salespeople are so paranoid, right? Because I think it's out of fear that they somewhere deep down inside, they know they can do something better, but something's preventing it from happening. Thus all this paranoia. Or, or and it, maybe they 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 may know something should be better, but they're not aware of what it is. So yeah. now you've got, you've got that ignorance factor in addition to maybe stubbornness. And I've been there. I've been there where I have like I don't want to think about this. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I put in all my time. I'm going to go turn off. And I'm like, no, man, you got to think this stuff through because yeah. the analogy I'll give you is this. Um, I was with another client uh, in de, in December. Uh, the tech tech company and they brought in, it was awesome. They brought in one of their top customers to come address the team about here's why I buy from you. Oh, awesome. And he took the team to task over, you know, what bothers me? You guys don't give us enough swag. And it's not because I want my team to have free mugs and that kind of stuff, but I, I want my team to like you and trust you. And when there's a problem with your product to immediately go, Oh, Hey, I, you're in my mug in the meeting or I'm in the, right. they'll, have, they'll have meetings about, Oh, something's wrong. And they're all drinking out of the competitor's mug. And what <laughs> I, want, I, I chose you. I want my whole team to buy you as well, but they're sitting drinking the competitor's mug oh, that's and hilarious. they're talking about how you're going to fix our problem. No, they're talking about how the competitor is going to fix that. Problem. Right. Wow. And salespeople don't even think about, you know, go put yourself into the buyer's shoes. Live Their definition of the problem is not what you think it is. Oh, that's, that's strong. You know, it's so funny because uh, I was doing some renovations in my office and I ended up leaving this drill bit in my office and I, I've kept it on my desk now. And, and it reminds me of the old adage, right? People don't buy the drill bit. They buy the hole. Absolutely. And, but I think the problem is, you know, to, to stretch that analogy a little bit further is, I mean, we, we know that as salespeople, but we don't take the time to understand why they need a hole, what the hole is for, you know, how it's going to impact their business, what their business goals are, and all of those things. I got so worn out, Tim, in the 
the uh, part of the technology world I came from, and I think it's rampant all over, is everyone's saying solutions. We need to sell solutions, solutions. And all they meant was we need to sell software. And, you know, yeah. I was like, no, we need to we need to identify the business problems that our clients are having. And if you do that, oh, my goodness, that's the yeah. substance of selling from the heart. So I want to jump in. I'm going to just jump in here. You throw out a word that often gets confused with problem that's need. Right. So especially mm-hmm. with solution selling, people go find the need. And, yeah. and there's research out there that says, you know, salespeople listen for a need or even a buzzword that's attached to the needs. And they go, oh, great. Boom. Right. Yeah. Rabbit attack. So, so, when, when I when I say problem, I have a very specific definition. My definition of problem is unmet expectations with no easy alternatives. Oh, and then it goes in levels of complexity. It goes from really basic, look, I, I, um, I'm hungry uh, and I need to eat and there's, there's no restaurants now. That's, that's a small problem. That's a basic problem. And you right. can build a, a business to consumer model off of that. Mm-hmm. But when I'm going really complex stuff, I've got, I've got a set of unmet expectations from finance, a set of unmet expectations from operations, and maybe, uh, maybe even a set of unmet expectations from our board. And there is no easy alternative to do that. And then that's one problem. Now I've got 20 others that are all at that level of complexity. Now I have to add in, okay, now not only is there a problem, but what priority is it? And, it, and is, as, am I solving a priority problem? Right. Just, oh, I know this. And I, I know salespeople spend so much time trying to solve a problem that's just not a priority. And yeah. they, think they, they, they forecast is, oh, it'll, it'll close, it'll close. We're in negotiations. Not and it chance. never lands because not it wasn't chance. a priority problem. Well, yeah. So, hey, this is not, hey, I just got to interrupt just for a second conversation. But yeah, so sorry. I, I, I got to bring up someone common to Tim and I because I, I really want to touch on this because I really want Tim's point of view on this. And um, Tim knows him really well. And I, and I got to refer to Keenan on this because inside, oh. Keenan, inside Keenan's book, Not Taught, right? And I know Keenan talks about problem solvers, but he also talks re and he peels this one back immensely about change creators. So sometimes, right, we, they may not even know a problem exists. So I think we got to go in, you know, hats off to Keenan because I see this and I saw it is you got to go out. Sometimes you got to create that change and help them uncover there might be a potential problem. Yeah. I, so so and even right now, his latest book, Gap Selling, a little nod to you, Keenan. Love you, man. Yeah. Um, shout out. Uh, so so but he talks about this even deeper in this idea that, you know, what you really, really want to do is help people to create that tension. Um, he uses the word impact. I use the word outcome. Uh, but the idea of what is it that you're trying to get and do you not realize how important that is? And if you can't if you can't generate, in my language, expectations that are attached to that desired outcome, you're not selling. Yeah. You're just informing and then finding somebody else who yeah. really has a problem that is ready to solve. That's selling by luck. And, and there's a, there, it can be done. Um, but l- let's be honest, if you want to be great, yeah, you're going to have to kick into this. Well, I want to go back to what you were just saying though, about really understanding of the priority behind this. And um, you know, I tell salespeople all the time that it is critical that you find a way to understand the top level business goals and the organizations you want to serve. And sometimes there's pushback to go, well, what does that have to do with my widget? You know, everyone wants to know the specs around the widget. And and when it comes to solving a problem, you're right. If you're not solving a priority problem, and I always say, if you can't hang your recommendation on at least one top level business goal, 
you're going to get relegated to the back burner, the, you know, the, the dustbin of good ideas we'll get around to someday. And I think that's where a lot of sales reps really get disillusioned in the whole problem solving solution selling is, well, I tried that and yeah, you know, I never was able to close the business. Well, you weren't able to close the business because you didn't attach it to a top level business goal. And man, that I'm, I'm, I'm 100% tracking with you on that, Tim. I got, I got a short little story a buddy of mine tells about us of all industries, envelopes. Mm. Oh, geez. Paper envelopes. You, you can't get more tactical than, than paper <laughs> envelopes. Um, paper envelope supplier. Yeah. Top number one customer. Top number one customer said, we're dumping you. We're dropping you. And they're like, why? Oh. Price. We need you to. We're trying to. Price <laughs> it's an envelope, dude. It's cheaper. And you're out. <laughs> and they were freaking. And, and but what they did was they went back. They said, okay, let's not just take this no as an answer. Let's go figure out what's really going on. They went back and they went and looked at that big companies, yeah. um, publicly displayed end of year report, their stock, um, quarterly, um, yeah. reports. They looked at what was, what was most important to that company. And yeah. they found that the most important part of that company was growth. They were losing customers. Yeah. Um, and they were trying to figure out how do we engage people better? And they, they came back and said, you know, we have and did some research and some customer interviews and whatnot. We found that a lot of this stuff that how much do you mail to your customers on a regular basis? Tons and tons and tons, which is why we need a lower price. Got it. How, what's the open rate on the stuff that you send? What do you mean? Well, how much, how much of, uh, how many of those, those pieces of mail are actually opened? Well, very little. We'd like to change and go from regular envelopes and give you a window that you could then highlight your message through the little plastic window to talk to the person that you wanted to talk to without adding cost. And, and it's very similar cost to what our, our, our price is now. They completely rescued the business because they solved a bigger strategic problem for the business that envelopes happened to be way down on the priority list, but it was still attached to a core business problem that the company had to do. So that, that, that's a good example of somebody Beautiful who example. I've got to understand how this problem really works because it was never just about buying envelopes. Oh, that's such perfect. Yeah, what a great conversation, Tim. This is—I mean—you're going to be back. We got to have you back and love it. Conversation, and I'll be on my behavior next time. I know Dodgers. Yeah, and, and yeah, Dodgers I know the Giants thing. thing. It's so cool. wait till it's Niners Rams or something. <laughs> Last time. It's all good, Ohio. You know I love you, man. I love you too. Bro. <laughs> well, hey, thank you everyone for joining us on the Selling from the Heart podcast, uh, Tim. Man, what a great conversation and. Uh, hey, before we go, though, tell everyone about your website and the, the power of problems. I mean, you got to read that book. There, what a great so, so onto this. Everything we've talked about um, is is referenced uh, and, and you can go deeper into it's a, an easy download. I've done the published book thing. And one of the things we want to do was just make something free and easy for people to grab as a PDF. And you can share it if you want. So it's not like it's a money thing as much as we want people to think this way. So just go to agilityselling.com slash power of problems agilityselling.com slash power of problems um and and you can find me on instagram uh or linkedin uh and and i'll throw stuff out all the time that helps people think in a problem-centric way well fantastic we'll put that in the show notes and as always um everybody uh, we just want to challenge you on this you know think about start thinking about and asking your clients about their problems 
and about, you know, go back another level and ask them about their business goals, what they're trying to accomplish. It will unlock so much and make your, I mean, it just makes sales so much more fun and fulfilling. So, Hey, thanks everybody for joining us this week. As always, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding value, dig into your clients and prospects problems. And most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.